White Box Network hardware paired with disaggregation has created a market for network operating systems. One of the latest entrants to that market is Arcus, who launched in 2018 with guns blazing, claiming that their ArcOS NOS is so strong that it should be mentioned in the same breath as operating systems from Cisco, Juniper, and Arista. Today, Arcus has sponsored the podcast, and we're going to have a discussion about ArcOS. Why another NOS? What's special about ArcOS, and what use cases is it best suited for? Joining us from Arcus are Kior Patel, CTO, and Morale Grandulu, VP of Product Management. And, and Kior, I want to I want to hit the ground running here with uh, with just a, a, a that hard hitting question. Help us understand ArcOS. If you could describe ArcOS in a nutshell, w- what is it? Sure, Ethan. Good morning. ArcOS is a production-released, fully programmable microservices-based network operating systems built from first principles. You know, taking in our customer feedback and approaching the development of a network OS led us to identify key architectural tenets for a modern network operating systems that we have incorporated into what we call as an ArcOS. The key architectural tenets include robust, resilient control plane for V6 and PLS and segment routing-based forwarding fabrics, Consistent standards-based Yang open config REST API for easy programmatic access that facilitates rapid automation. DPAL, an intelligent data plane adaptation layer designed for routing and switching. And finally, it's a 64-bit OS that runs on 64-bit Linux. This structure allows processes to scale in terms of memories in a way 32-bit systems cannot. It's based on a Debian Linux. It's an open system that can be easily integrated with other Linux distributions as well. When you describe the product there, one of the key factors that stood out is this microservices and container-driven architecture. Can you just quickly dive into how that makes it your product that much better? Yeah, Greg. So a lot of operators are deploying server workloads using containers these days. Mm-hmm. Certainly, um, having a switch or a routing uh, stack containerized helps simplify the automation process. From a switch OS perspective itself, separating control plane from Linux OS has a huge benefits in terms of fast upgrades, hot patching, and upgrading um, the OS in any and possible manner because um, containers are fairly operationalized and therefore it's very easy to do some of using containerize. Yeah, I think I think there's a couple of things there. One is obviously containers is the modern way. There's many benefits to containers. And it also um, sets up your development process and the operational processes to be better. Indeed. It, in fact, mm-hmm. enforces a discipline amongst uh, us software developers. You always stay in user space as much as possible and not mm-hmm. violate the containerized model architecture, you mm-hmm. know? And that's a key advantage for you from compared to other companies. Absolutely. Yep. All right. So we get a sense of what ArcOS is. Uh, you you had all the, the 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 marketing and the the buzzwords in there too that that you would need to have checked today to really illustrate ArcOS as being modern and thinking forward and uh, what your priorities are in that uh, OS. So the question is why there are some other operating systems out there that could check those boxes too. So so what are the market reasons that drove you guys to build? Uh, Arc OS. Businesses worldwide are investing in smarter infrastructures. You know, we are seeing 5G, distributed data center architectures, um, edge computing-based designs that support digital initiatives, um, which fundamentally change the way customers are interacting with their end customers. In fact, providing our customers who are, whether they're providers or enterprises, superior experience in such a transformative environment while managing you know things like the hardware centric complex routers and switches is very difficult it's inefficient and and frankly it's very expensive 
So what is needed at this point of time, uh, at least from the feedback that we are getting, is a network transformation. Something that brings service agility, data-driven adaptability, and business-centric innovation. And so the underlying linchpin for deciding these principles or these uh, requirements was what drove our key architecture. And that also coincided with a strong push away from switching-based silos to routing-centric infrastructure. And that is why we built a network operating systems from the first principles. And with starting with a scale-out control plane and all of the points that KU already talked about. Okay, so there's a couple of things there to to explore. So one, you mentioned business agility, um, uh, transformation, and you know those kind of things. We we hear that in the press a lot, but I think if we try to, to drill into what that actually means, if a business is digitally transforming, they're doing something with their data that that helps them to make decisions about what their business is going to be doing. That that's what that's all about: using that data in a meaningful way. Uh, That's and then, exactly right. Oh, okay. And, and then trying to make changes, needing to make changes in their IT infrastructure to react to that data that they're gathering. So does that mean then uh, automation? And if that, am I getting that right, that you've built ArcOS with an eye towards automation and being able to uh, adapt quickly to changes the business needs? Yes, absolutely. So one of the key things that business-driven transformation is impacting from uh, is the network level transformation. How can I build a highly automated system? And for that, you need to first and foremost have a networking software that transcends the notion of a router, a physical router, a physical switch to a virtual or a cloud-based um, uh, networking device. You know, uh, So it should be able to be deployed in all of these form factors, physical, virtual, and on the cloud. And then when you're able to do that, you have to provide standards-based APIs, whether that's open config, Yang-based models that we support, or REST-conf-based APIs for easy programmatic access. That is what ultimately uh, fits into the existing tool chains and the systems that the NetOps world is, is using and provides brings in the, that agility along with the elasticity of being able to de be deployed in multiple places in the network. Another point that has come up a couple times here is built from first principles. Can you explain that phrase, built from first principles? Yes. So what we mean when we say built from first principles is that we took our core strength, which we have a very solid uh, technologies, set of technologies that have built BGP at internet scale before, have built IGP protocols uh, you know, at some of the biggest OEMs, and we took that and rebuilt the whole um, network operating system from the first principles, which means not using open source-based software, which inherently has scale problems. ArcOS can download the full internet routing table in a way in under a minute. Mm. That is a capability that was limited pre previously to only big OEMs. Yeah. So that means yeah. 670,000 IPv4 prefixes and 46K prefixes, uh, V6 prefixes mm. in way under a minute. Right. So that is why the first principles-based network operating system was key. Scale out and scale up, as Kayur mentioned earlier. So what you're saying there is that you've really focused your operating system on the routing engines and how to get them to run super fast. And because they run so fast, there's a whole bunch of advantages here. One is you get better convergence in your in your backbone. 
and you get an instant response to changes in the network so that your services don't drop. Absolutely, absolutely. We that would just also be a starting point. I mean, there's more things in there than that. Obviously, there's scale. You can handle larger route tables as IPv6 you know rolls out and puts more prefixes out there. You know, there's a whole range of things, but that's the two that just come to mind straight away. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. All right, so here uh, we've got a good idea of what Arcos is. Um, uh, Morali came on and then shared with us why you built it, and that all makes sense from a market perspective. So now we want to get nerdy. We want to dig into this thing and start to understand what's sure. going on under the covers. So um, can, let, let's start off with the NOS architecture. We, we've mentioned uh, microservices at the top, but let's dive into that a little bit more. Um, it's not monolithic. Um, you mentioned something about a Linux kernel. Just kind of review for us the uh, the whole architecture here. Sure, Ethan. ArcOS is a multi-process, multi-threaded solution that has an ability to use multi-core CPUs. All the software components are implemented in user space. The multi-threaded nature of the NOS enables rapid convergence, superior performance, and scale through the ability to scale out in terms of threads per processes. It also enables process restart, restartability, which is a big thing and makes it for it also has process patching capabilities um, that allows for easy upgrades, um, hot patching of specific pieces or any other issues without impacting other process or processes. All the components can be clubbed together and dockerized as a container, and that makes relatively easy from a deployment standpoint as you could you know, uh, very easily upgrade the software components of the NOS. Because each container has got its own process tied to it. So I don't have to upgrade the entire Arc OS at a time. I can upgrade one, like the, the BGP process lives in a container, something like that. Indeed. And it also provides a flexibility to combine all the processes so that you can have all routing processes combined to a one container. You could upgrade that. It provides a flexibility not only to just containerize a process, but also be able to club a bunch of routing processes into a single container. You mentioned multi-process, multi-threaded. Um, so there's a few things here. Does that mean each process that hooks into the core OS can then be spun out across a thread or that each process, again, going back to the BG, like the BGP process itself is multi-threaded? Indeed, Ethan, each and every processes within the routing components, be it a BGP, be it a RIB, FIB, are multi-process and multi-threaded. Therefore, you can actually scale out certain uh, features within a protocols and have them exploit the course if the course are made available to you. Okay, interesting. So that would mean if I wanted, if my use case for ArcOS was uh, internet router and I needed it to take full uh, routing tables, uh, do all the processing and so on, and then decide what's going to get shoved into the fib, I could actually spin that out over multiple threads and just a whole bunch of routes at a time, do the processing, converge and and go into the fib, all of that uh, with as many cores as I care to throw at the problem. Indeed. And not only that, you could actually take it a step beyond and uh, you could break processing into separate threads and you could process them into parallel and even achieve faster convergence between dual stack routing. Mm, okay. Uh, something else interesting here I'm wondering about. It sounds like, did, did you guys write all of your own routing protocol implementations uh, yourself? We did write most of the protocol implementations from scratch. We have leveraged where we see a value from industry, um, certain routing components that were made available at scale. We have made use of that, but for most of the protocols, we've written it from scratch. 
and then so now you get the features that you want to support and you get the uh, the performance that you want as well uh okay so then you've you've said routing is a, is a cornerstone of arc os that's that's a big thing what what protocols are you supporting bgp we're supporting isis all the normal routing protocols but more importantly we are supporting v4 v6 and label based forwarding as the fabrics for the arc os as a router Ah, you guys really are coming out guns blazing then. Uh, V4 <laughs> and V6 support and, uh, well, you said label support. I interpret that to mean MPLS. Not only MPLS, but the advanced form of MPLS that has been uh, discussed these days, what is called as a segment routing as well, Ethan. Ah, okay. Mm. Okay. So some people would say, I want to stick with the with the vendor that I know and I trust. And, you know, there's people out there who've been making software for 20 years and they believe that they're going to do it better than anybody else. I might point to the fact that they've had 20 years of solid bugs and haven't really done a very good job of all. What are you going to do to say to those people, we've got a routing protocol that you can trust? Uh, the team at Arcus that has implemented these protocols um, has a deep bench strength and comes with a lot of experience from the industry. And they've learned from the mistakes. They've learned from the past implementations. And as a result of that, uh, uh, we have what we call it as a fairly robust stack that can scale out. I think what I'm hearing there is you're actually saying that these people came from those organizations, learned the lessons of how not to do it, and have done it right this time. Absolutely. <laughs> you didn't just hire a bunch of kids out of college and say, yeah. go forth and do a routing protocol. You actually brought in a bunch of people who've done this before. That's sort of a big deal. Okay. Uh, another thing, uh, Kior, you mentioned DPAL way up at the top of the show, and I, I've chatted with you guys before. I know that that's a really important part of your story. And, and as I understand it, it goes back to the fact that ArcOS is going to run on several different uh, switching chipsets, and that DPAL's your abstraction layer, as I understand it. So refresh my memory from our previous conversations and, and dig into it. Yeah, so Ethan, one of one of the customers' problems that we were after was to bring, you know, help bring hardware agility and flexibility in their networks. We needed an architecture where software and hardware had to have a different rates of innovation and evolve independently of each other rather than being artificially constrained by one another. And this is what has led to building our own data plane adaptation layer that not only does switching, but does routing. And it comes from a cumulative experience of Arcus team and their understanding of the shortcomings of close proprietary systems that they have been working for a while now uh, in their past jobs. So the key design architectural priorities of DPAL was to be able to scale elastically with high-performance processors or multi-core CPUs and support Agile software developers both switching and routing silicons, whether proprietary or from merchant vendors. Okay, so there's, there's a lot to unpack there. So one, DPAL is a data plane abstraction layer. Um, it is sitting, just help us understand this architecturally, DPAL sits in between the operating system itself and the hardware. Uh, the hardware being several different things, whatever you've allowed DPAL to, to understand and be able to speak to. Does that sound yes. about right? Okay. Yes, it, it more specifically sits under FIB and just over the switching or routing silicon, if you will. Ah, okay. So then what silicon specifically are you supporting? We support Broadcom-based XGS as well as DNX silicons. Uh, we've supported almost all XGS-based uh, silicons, and we will be supporting almost all uh, DNX-based silicons, including J2s. 
Okay, so so some of the fancier ones with the uh, you know highly capable um, uh, chipsets for sure. And are other ones on your roadmap? I mean, is it a very big deal to update Deepal to support new chipsets if you had customer demand? Actually, that is one of the key biggest advantage of Deepal's. You know, testing, switching, or a routing family chipset that is enabled. It takes incremental work to enable the next gen chipset. If you introduce a new set of chipsets, it takes a relatively short time to enable that chipset for us because Deepal has. So you're saying because you've got again that depth of experience, the people that you've hired to build this operating system, and their decades of experience is really able to to help you get this done quick. Yes, and to quantify it for you know a new or an existing switching chipsets, we the, the kind of architecture that we've come up with Deepal just allows us to enable it in a matter of months. Yeah. yeah. See, see what you're saying there to me is sometimes we hear these startups, you know, and it's a bunch of kids working for no money. They put out a product which is kind of rubbish and it barely works, but they've got a lot of cash from a venture capitalist and the product is rubbish and they're trying to find product market fit. And what I'm hearing there is you're saying you're not that. You're a mature uh, group of people. You know what you've done. You've done this before and you've taken time to set your, your software development to be, you know, best in class and perhaps even better than in class because you're able to do, to do a clean slate development. And I think that actually is a key part of what you're saying to me is that you're really rebuilding the NOS knowing what you know now. Indeed. And Greg, you know what? This has been one of the key customer pain point in sense that they always needed robustness in the network operating systems that they have been deploying. Something that has been act point in open networking industry for a while and therefore it always forced our customers to fall back to big OEMs. This is one of the biggest things we were after and in order to build an operating systems of this sort, you needed to have a well-experienced team that mm. has done it, seen it, lived it and experienced it before. Right. And I think the, the flip side of this too is that you can make a high-performance, high-scale operating system in, 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 but you also get access to the high-performance silicon that we have today. So today, switches run server-class CPUs, and we have silicon inside of them, the Trident 3, the Jericho Plus, you know, that are 7.2 terabits per second. So the combination of the two is is well put together. It's certainly a compelling argument, I think. Absolutely, and that indeed actually opens us into newer verticals that weren't made available before. Here, I want to move on to uh, modeling, which is another, we, we were talking about network automation a little bit earlier in the show and how uh, Arcus is doing that uh, with ArcOS. It sounds like you guys have uh, gotten into uh, Yang and you're going to support open config models, and I'm going to assume some of the IETF models that have been standardized. Uh, and I, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of models because that leads to a predictable way to handle pro programmability across a variety of devices. So if you got a shop that um, they want for their operational model to be able to uh, write programming that goes against a Yang model, that means they don't have to be rewriting their scripts or whatever their tooling is every time they bring a new switch into the door if they've got some Yang models that they know are going to be there uh, as a basis. Um, it what did you take on network models then? So one of the things, Ethan, that we have done very differently for this design is that we have shied away from what we call as any machine-dependent models. This was the in thing for all the OEMs wherein they would take their CLI and convert that into a machine-dependent uh, or a box-specific um, Yang models. We have decided to adopt OpenConfig and IETF-based models day one and for the obvious advantages that you have cited. 
the biggest benefit of this is think silicons and new router and switching platforms the amount of integration that an operator has to do when they bring a new box or box be it a switch or a router is very minimal now you you mentioned you were kind of critical of some of the vendors that have built yang models that are specific to their OS or their box, you know, on the other hand, the argument you hear is the same argument you heard back in the SNMP days where most of the interesting things you'd find in the, uh, the MIB, most of the interesting OIDs were buried under the private part of the MIB tree because, well, we have very special devices that do special things. And so we need special OIDs for that. You know, that was the explanation. And, and, and really we're hearing some of the same things with Yang where the big vendors will say, okay, we will support... Uh, open config, and we will support IETF models, but we're also going to have all this other stuff that's uh, you know special and unique to us and differentiates us and brings extra value to you, dear customer. It, I mean, is that seems like a reasonable argument, Key, or do you are you a, a for or against that? What are your thoughts? You know, Ethan, the best answer to that is to start standardizing. The biggest benefit that ArcOS has is that because it runs over merchant silicons, we have an opportunity to open that level of information out and standardize it as much as possible. We do that with our modeling metry. Um, today, we do it through our easy-to-consume programmatic structure for orchestration and configuration so that, you know, the more visibility that you can give to your customers, the better it is. But you want to do it in a fully standardized way. Uh, okay. Absolutely. Okay. That that I, I get your perspective now. Now you also mentioned telemetry. Um, so talk about that because that's another one of these areas where so many you can get all kinds of streaming telemetry off a lot of these boxes, but most of them are not compliant with any particular model. It's just here's the telemetry and here's the format, and if you can ingest it and do something with it, good for you. But it's not. Again, it's not standardized. So what does your telemetry look like? So, you know, um, Arcus, is, Arcus has a data model-based telemetry that we provide operators uh, uh, with flexibility in defining, managing, and consuming their network data. The data model-based telemetry that we provide is standardized. We provide all the standardized hooks and we provide all the models for them so they can easily ingest the data, if you will. The bus through OS streams, the telemetry out of the box is also very well understood. We understand that the transport would be a matter of religion and it would be a choice of a operator or a protobufs or, or TCP-based streaming. So we provide flexibility in transport channels as well, Ethan. And the whole idea is to overall help operator reduce their OPEX cost and do it with a minimal cost, yeah. if you will. If you had proprietary and APIs, customers have to make a decision to support them, right? So if you had proprietary models and they would have to commit resources to extracting values from closed proprietary models. And I don't think there's actually very much value in doing that unless you're buying a vertically integrated controller of some sort, something that goes on top. So if you're going to buy... Vendoray's routers, buying Vendoray's SDN controller will use the proprietary APIs to do something that's got mystical magic powers. But at the same time, you're then locked in to that. You're saying, I think what I hear you're saying, Keo, is you're, you're saying Arcos deliberately stays in the standardized so that customers get the better choices. Absolutely. 
Okay, thank you, Kiyo, for all of that detail on what's going on under the hood. I love that stuff. And uh, Morale, you've got the uh, the baton again. And I want to drill into some other things with you about use cases and so on. Before we get there, um, one question. I was digging through the Arcus tweet stream, and I know that you guys did a, a presentation on RPKI, and there's some other security-minded uh, things there. How does ArcOS help me with network infrastructure security? Yes, Ethan, thank you. As you've been uh, seeing in the news lately, our internet is still plagued by security issues, issues related to route hijack, intentional route leaking, leading to a whole bunch of uh, uh, applications, including some of the biggest applications in the world going down and services going down. So one of the things that we believe at Arcus is that your routing-centric infrastructure, which is where all of network infrastructure is headed, needs to be a secure and all of the things that KU talked just talked about in addition to that we need to have significant amount of visibility because of our data driven models and the streaming telemetry capabilities what we were able to do was we were able to add an application that is able to detect origin validation issues that is if a particular route comes into your infrastructure and it says hey i'm from this particular origin uh, source uh, autonomous system, we'll be able to verify that by checking with the RPKI or IRR-based databases. And that is exactly what we showed in and talked about in our presentations and our videos related to how we're able to provide visibility into your uh, into network infrastructure security, especially related to topics of leaking or hijacking or any of those um, kinds of route security uh, issues. So, okay, so the, the Arcos device is, um, you know, is fundamentally a router, uh, but you're describing an ability here to detect, hey, this route, the origin of this route is not what it should be because I just checked the databases that are authoritative exactly. in this matter. Um, so what does that mean? You can actually make a decision to not put that route into the FIB for that reason? Yeah, so what we do is we provide insight right? We provide visibility. And the reason we're able to provide that visibility is because we have such a pluggable data-driven model that we stream out through telemetry sources that we just talked about earlier. And we were, we are able to correlate, just as you said, um, saying that this route is not what it seems to be and it hasn't come from where it says it came from. Then we alert the network operators that, look, this, these set of routes have this particular set of problems. And that's why you need to take action. And then we leave it to the operators to take the next set of options, uh, actions because they have a bunch of infrastructure how to take action. It was the visibility that's the problem. Got or it, the first got it, problem. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. So you've, you've flagged the issue and now yes. you've given in a, in a structured data sort of way, here's some routes with problems and these are the problems that we see. And now it's up to the operator side, how to react to that data, which actually could be a programmatic reaction if you wanted it to be, because it sounds like you're giving them via telemetry, uh, structured data. Exactly. Okay. All right. Um, I want to dig into some more use cases then, uh, Morali. So you, you just had one yeah. little fun uh, note there, kind of off to the side of what you were able to do with um, uh, RPKI and, and so on, understanding that it was interesting. But what, what are the major use cases here that we can solve with Arcus? Where does it fit into my network today? Right. So at launch, we, by the way, we launched in July, right? At launch, ArcOS uh, was the world's first independent network operating system to have been ported 
to as kayur mentions Jer the jericho plus family as well as the xgs family the trident 3 the most advanced switch on chip capabilities to the market from the industry leader um so what that means by the way is that we are able to support a wide array of use cases right you can uh, use arcos in fact some of our customers are are using arcos for spine leaf based class data center workloads and that means for example you know you could use a trident 3 as a leaf and tomahawk or the next generation of that on the spines or any combination there within interacting with a dnx family um say a jericho plus based uh, switch or router um as well in that data center environment and support data center workloads you can use it for the internet peering which a lot of cdn providers and isps are are able to run uh, whether that's deep, for deep buffer use cases whether that's for internet cases whether that's all of the security related items we talked about so in the peering related environments mm -hmm. then the third use case that you could use it for is the massively scalable route reflector clusters whether that's as i said across physical or container form factors so now you have a scenario where you're going to the edge based use cases and then finally i want to point out that because of the first principles based routing infrastructure that we've built we're able to take this resilient bgp at bfd support uh, and take it down to get there is a use case of resilient routing to the host sub second fast detection per module res resiliency and composable architectures you know one of the things that i think uh, you had asked was hey uh, how do you prevent customers from having to deal with bugs in asp <laughs> so the code that is not even related to the feature set that they're using it for the key requirement there is a composable os architecture and so we are able to provide in these container or virtual uh, or even uh, host for bare metal form factors a composable operating system all the way from to the host i want to go back to the data center use case there data center fabric so there's lots of flavors and styles of data center fabrics uh obviously one here that you would support is uh, just a straightforward layer 3 you know simple uh, leaf spine architecture there um what about vxlan can you also do a vxlan overlay we could support a vxlan over based data plane and of course for the control plane because we built an infrastructure that's bgp based and evpn is the direction where for example in a data center clause you have an overlay or a multi tenant fabric evpn based fabrics we can support evpns as well hmm. all the way up and through evpn all right yeah i mean so the key thing here is that the point was because we are able to create multiple modular layers right and we've built the software you can take this infrastructure and the fact that bgp has kind of over time become a the protocol of choice uh, for adding various address families one of which is evpn allows us that flexibility whether it's the data center use case whether that's for peering for data center interconnects in the future potentially you know we are focused on these use cases that i just talked about but you can see that the potential is there to be able to extend it beyond hmm. now you didn't mention um in service providers some of the core functionality they might care like building out an mpls core is that interesting to you or or not really absolutely can you mention this in passing but uh one of the key fundamental tenets actually two key fundamental tenets i want to point out is that day one label support 
So label switching, whether that's traditional MPLS based or segment or segment routing based uh, in, uh, support is there. Okay. The other thing I want to point out is providers increasingly are facing a really difficult time uh, in getting uh, access to more and more V4 infrastructure, uh, V4 address space. So for us at Arcus, IPv6 is a first class citizen. So uh, we have been focused on building, uh, making sure our foundations are built to be able to support a provider or an enterprise business. And so, yes, MPLS, segment routing, V4, V6. All of these are supported. I, I want to pin you down on the V6 because a lot. So often, I ask people about V6 support, and they go, "We fully support it, except for." And then they list off whatever the exceptions are. So, no, you said first class citizen. So that what that means to me is control plane fully supported. I can do anything I need to in the control plane, uh, management plane. I can do anything there that I would need to over V6 as well. And then, of course, data plane. Uh, v6 and that seems to be the most obvious one anyway would also be fully supported is that what we're talking about or there's some that is absolutely true i mean you're absolutely right i mean uh we all uh, all have our scars of v6 caveats and feature coming in v4 first and then v6 later we have i, I totally agree with the point you made there uh here at arcus one of our foundational principles is v6 is a first class citizen in fact fred baker he has been a key member advising us on this particular aspect because for us, we wanted to show, and in fact, it's uh, it's little in our tagline, which is network different. We want to make sure that some of these fundamental tenets are ingrained in our development process. You know, another important one is process restartability that KU talked about earlier, right? Process restartability is what brings resiliency. It brings the ability to upgrade uh, without taking a data plane hit. So these are V6 and process restartability, two fundamental development tenets, to your point. Yeah, okay. Uh, one other one, uh, what about multicast? So at the moment, we are not supporting multicast. And that's because we're focused on the use cases where multicast is not the key requirement. Mm -hmm. Having said that, you know, if a customer asks, we certainly will work through it on a roadmap that is well-defined based on customer use cases. Being a startup, we really have to narrow down and focus on specific areas and develop it to the best uh, possible uh, extent. And so that's why at the moment we don't support multicast. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the multicast is one of those ones where the customers that need it really need it, but most don't. So, yeah. Exactly. I think with multicast, there's only a very few number of customers left who need it. And quite often those people are slow to change and slow to move. So I wouldn't even see a financial benefit in investing in multicast at this point of the market evolution. Yeah, so uh, exactly. So we are very focused on a disciplined mm -hmm. approach to addressing use cases. Yeah. And these four use cases that I talked about mm -hmm. are, are the fundamental underlying uh, customer requirements, even especially because ArcOS is a product uh, operating system already. So we are focused on solving these use cases. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, how, how do I consume ArcOS? Do I, uh, you know, many folks are used to the traditional model where you're buying a box that's got a NOS on it. Do I, can I buy something from Arcus that's like a, you know, a white box with Arcus preloaded? Do I buy, provide my own white box switch and then load Arcos? What's the, what's the delivery mechanism? The awesome thing is it's yes and yes. We have a really deep partnership across all of the major ODMs. And so what that enables us to be able to support any of the particular switch 
chipset or a particular product specific SKUs from those ODMs. You buy it separately and we support the software on top. We have a hardware company list. But we also support, to your point, um, the single throat to choke model, which is the ability to have uh, ArcOS software on a particular uh, ODM and have that um, sent, uh, so uh, you know, uh, purchased in one shot, sort of an integrated model as well. That's uh, the key thing there is that this allows us that flexibility. Our, our design decisions, our architectural decisions, especially in the DPI layer, have enabled us this flexibility. I, I also see that design model as saying you're starting here. You're focusing on this particular things to come to market. Like you are a new company for all the depth on the bench that you've got, you know, this, and you're saying you've got the experienced developers and the, you're working from the lessons that you've learned elsewhere, I think also you need to focus down on what you can do first. And I think having very high performance routing engine cores, as well as the architecture underneath so that you can scale to multiple routing threads, use all of the CPU cores that are available in a switch. Like quite often, um, some operating systems that are out there do not are not able to use all of the CPU cores. So your typical Intel Xeon has uh, like uh, three cores or four cores, physical cores, and up to 16 hyper cores like virtual cores and so and they don't even thread they only just use one cpu core there are operating systems out there that do that so that I think, is exactly right yes yeah. so this is uh, the first step or the first year as you say you you came out of stealth in july this year and i can see that you've got this platform for evolution and you can reach into more and more around the operating system and adapt as you as you find your place because of the fact that we have a multi-process and multi-threaded uh, capability and the fact that the OS is 64-bit, we are able to as many cores as you can throw uh, at us. And so that allows us especially uh, the flexibility in a environment where you, know, you want to scale out significantly. We are able to do that uh, without any change in our uh, core in architecture or infrastructure. So absolutely right. Morley, are there any other technical highlights of uh, ArcOS that uh, we didn't mention that are worth bringing up? Yeah, I think I just want to highlight because of this DPAL capability of rapidly adapting as an independent adaptation, intelligent adaptation layer, we can rapidly port on ArcOS onto any needed platform. In fact, one of the things that you, you are very well aware, we are on the cusp of some major uh, speed updates uh, or upgrades, right? 400 gig is mm. on the horizon. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, you know, you can easily foresee that ArcOS can be easily ported onto that infrastructure as well. So with the ad advancements in the various chipset families and also programmatic chipset families, um, you now have the uh, ability to um, do a lot of exciting new things for a lot of use cases across these four that I mentioned, sub-use cases. So, yeah, I mean, um, we're very, very excited. And please stay tuned for some of those updates that are coming up. Yeah, okay. So, right, speed increases and so on. So we, we've talked a lot about Arc, Arc OS, the operating system, the network operating system specifically. Now, Arcus as a company could do more than just Arc OS, I suppose. Is there any, maybe, are you looking into companion products to Arc OS? Maybe some kind of, I don't know, a telemetry ingestion platform and reporting engine or, or anything like that? One example I gave you earlier, right, was of the ability to streaming telemetry to be able to build applications. The example application was that origin validation. As you can see, 
once you build a data driven analytics say data store or an engine you're able to do very very interesting thing build partnerships with other uh, parts of the network that we uh, that are adjacent to us be able to ingest some of the capabilities ourselves and pro- provide these as a service on the cloud for example all of those things are definitely something that we are working on the that application and by design you can for example that particular origin validation application actually is something that we offer as a service from the cloud or if you want it on premise you can uh, you can deploy it on premise as well on a arcos based switch or router software you could even to your route reflector software so these this is just an example of what is per- possible with other use cases all right uh, there's a lot going on with you guys that's this this is i love it when new companies launch it's always interesting and uh and then i hear what you guys have launched with and and like i said at the top of the show guns blazing you guys are just coming out going for it so for people that want to know more about uh, arcus and arcos uh, morale where, where would you recommend they go yes uh you know we've had a limited time today so if we didn't cover something that was important to you please go to our website which is arcus.com that is a r r c u s.com or feel free to reach out to us at networkdifferent@arcus.com networkdifferent@arcus.com got it okay okay and i think that brings us to the end of our show today with arcus discussing arcos and uh well, Kier Patel, uh, CTO, and uh, Morali Ganduri, uh, VP of Product Management. Thank you both for joining us today, and our thanks to Arcus for sponsoring the Packet Pushers today. This is a great show, very interesting and informative about network operating system architectures and what goes into making one that is modern. And again, our sponsors that participate in the community are what make this whole thing work for us here at Packet Pushers. That's kind of a big deal to us. And again, our thanks to them and to you for listening. And if you uh, want to contact us, you can find us on Twitter. We're on LinkedIn. Everything else you want to know about us, that's all at packetpushers.net. And uh, hey, try our subscribe page. Every feed we offer is listed on that subscribe page, and just about every feed that's on there is absolutely free. Just uh, subscribe and enjoy. Last but not least, remember that too much technology would never be enough.